Carter in the news once again today. Our starring state of choice, which is called, or named, excuse me, Alabama. Nicely done. I know, I'm a rock star. I am the Jew. <laughs> I'm the lady. Yes, she is indeed. I'm a classy and, lady. And I'm a true blue Jew. That said, um, this segment will be dealing with true crime cases, whether they be solved or unsolved, generating from any era, but they are actual documented crime uh, cases that have occurred. And usually partaking in whatever state or location that we are currently investigating at the moment. Going into my true crime case that I found here, you know. Deflecting with humor. And that's the only way I can do it. The way that I'm going to reveal this true crime case is in such a manner of which I will present the story in the case with all of its facts that I have researched from reputable sources such as like New York Times and uh, Alabama State News and periodicals of newspapers and such, I will not actually reveal if there has been a convicted murder suspect it will be or who it is that committed the crime. I will instead reveal several different suspects. This is going to be our guessing game, who done it. Right. So to see how what her what the lady's speculation might be as to who's the most likely person to have uh, you know, killed that bitch or stabbed that what's a good thing bastard there. That's not as good as a bitch. <laughs> the name of this <laughs> true crime case, again, happened in Alabama. Alabama. It is called the Betty Wilson Murder Trial, which occurred in Huntsville, Alabama, 1992, specifically Sorry. on May 22nd, at around 9.30 at night. Who killed Dr. Jack Wilson? Wait, I thought you said it was Betty. Well, like I said, I'm going to reveal several different suspects. Even though I know you're supposed to guess who done it. In this case, because of the specific setup and format of the way that the murder was committed, I'm going to immediately tell you who it was. What? But you got to figure out which one was convicted of the trio that was involved is actually convicted as the initial, like, uh, perpetrator for the crime. You have the killer, the murderer. Yeah, okay. Which is Mr. James White. Killer... James. He was the hired henchman, the hired man, White. the hitman. Hitman. And then you have the evil twins. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The evil twins. Oh, snap. Play with us, Danny. And they were like, just like that. You have Betty Wilson, Here twin number one. Definitely not a Brenda. And then you have twin number two, Peggy. Who? Don't you wish. Oh. God, I would pick her even if it wasn't her. Peggy Lowe is oh, I twin wrote number Peggy two. <laughs> <laughs> so Betty Wilson, twin one, 
Peggy Lowe, twin two. And then, of course, James White, who is the hired hitman. So we got Peggy Hill, Betty Wilson, James White. Peggy Lowe, but yes, Peg, a.k.a. No, Peggy it's Peggy Hill. Hill from now on. Okay, here's the 411 on this. So back in the day, as of May 22nd, 1992, thank you, approximately around 9.30 p.m. in Huntsville, Alabama, a doctor, Jack Wilson, was coming home from the office as he's a renowned, I guess, uh, city renowned optometrist. Can't say that fucking. He's an eye doctor. Oh. Okay. Ophthalmologist yeah. is what you were trying uh, yeah. to say. That, that, yeah. What's an ophthalmologist? <laughs> yeah. They're eye doctors. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. They're eye surgeons. Facts. So, Mr. James White, this is now his accounting of officially what had happened since he was the first suspect pulled into this case. So, here's the whole run, rigmarole rundown. Dr. Jack Wilson, who is ma- married to Betty Wilson, is coming home from his day at the office as an ophthalmologist. Good job. Yay. And um, he had pulled, you know, a late night, you know, for working and such. Bear in mind, the Wilsons are not only well-to-do as far as finances are concerned. Well, of course, he's a doctor. He's quite successful. But he's also, like, a pillar, as they say, of the community in the sense that, that he's very involved, like, with the local politics, like, governing office, mayor. He, you know, funds this, do this fundraiser, so that he puts fundraiser. his... He's got his fingers in many powerful pockets, let's say. And so does Betty. And they're known for it. So, like, they're a pretty, you know, predominant uh, husband and wife duo in this upper ritzy side of Huntsville, Alabama. Given where they live, serious crime, notorious crime, things normally have not happened and will have never happened, really, Typical. in this location. Yet, as Miss, as Dr. Jack Wilson is arriving home around 9.30 at night. 9.30. Wait, you said he was home late. 9.30 is late for a doctor? I guess it is. 9.30 p.m. Yeah, it's kind of late. It's kind of late for a doctor. Usually get off, like, if you're a doctor, you like, shit, you, like, scoot the shit well, out paperwork, by, like, paperwork, though, too, because they do have to do paperwork. That's what you get an assistant for. Otherwise, they'd be getting home at 9.30 at night. Or having an affair. <laughs> Ah, so says the lady, already jumping ahead. That said, he had been planning to take his wife, Betty, on a romantic getaway to Santa Fe the next morning, as this was Memorial Weekend as well. It was a Friday night, Memorial Day weekend, 55 years old at the time. He decided, and he has a 17, they've been married for 17 years. There had been, their marriage had been on the rocks as of late. You know, things have been turbulent between the two of them. He arrived home at that time. And unbeknownst, unexpectedly, he is attacked by an assailant with a baseball bat as he's trying to open up his front door. So he's getting into the house and suddenly, wham, he is hit like hard to the core over the head, in the face, all over. I mean, just suddenly like like ambushed. So this savage beating continues. He kind of stumbles into the house, door open, front hall, you know, and he's being bludgeoned, basically. He is bludgeoned and beaten so badly that he's bludgeoned to death right there. He dies. With a baseball bat. With a baseball he bat. He was beaten to death with a baseball bat? That's terrifying. Can so there's three ways that I don't want to die. Stabbed to death, burning to death. It used to be drowning, and now it's beaten to death with a baseball bat. Well, like, I mean, you would, like, feel every little crush. I mean... You would feel everything. You would just hope that your shock factor would kick in at that point, or, like, leave my body, leave my body, leave my body. <laughs> or you just pass out from the pain. Right, or, like, they get you with one good hit, and you're out cold, you know, and then it's, ooh. And then, like, at that there point... There I am as yeah. a person. Wow, I have that much blood. Ooh, what's then, that light? So that's what happens. Now... Yes, very gory, very bloody, the whole scene and blah, blah. I couldn't even... Sorry, I keep interrupting you. But You're just fine. Like, if I was going to kill somebody, I don't think that I would have the galls or the stones to be like, well, I'm just going to beat him to death with this baseball bat. I think halfway through, I'd be like, 
I, that's a bone that just cracked. I'm disgusted. I have to walk away. And like, with the baseball bat, I mean, it's not even like a heavy, a heavily weighted object. Does it say like if it was aluminum or if it was solid wood or did you, do you know? Actually, that's a good question. I didn't, I was wondering that. Cause I know some of them can, can be more dense than other ones, but, but still, still it's still like not, a blunt object. It's yeah, not like a hammer or it's not a shovel. Still even a fucking hammer. Like I wouldn't, but at least the hammer, hammers are this big unless mm-hmm. you're thinking sledge and if sledge, then you're going to be, the person's going to be dead. But hammer, quickly. it's also more streamlined. And I'm thinking like a tool hammer that we did, you'd hang on you'd a tool belt. You'd have to like, be really close would, to somebody with that. You would, but it would be more likely of an immediate chance, especially if you were aiming for the head, you know, upon your first strike to actually crack through the skull and hit brain matter. And that person would be out cold or if not dead. Well, see, know? with the baseball bat, though, you also run the risk of hitting them hard enough to crack the cranium to cause brain hemorrhaging. Right, but so. that's still not like... And you could get lucky on a first hit because, you know, you've seen those baseball players that, like, swing the bat so and hard. It cracks and cracks the it, bat. Right. So, I mean, you could, but... Could you imagine? I mean, a hammer at least has more force to it because of the way the way it's weighted. Um, sledgehammer would still suck, but that's even better, you know. Baseball bat, even if it's aluminum, metal, whatever, even if it's the heaviest motherfucking oak wood known to man, it's still not an instrument used, you know, that's heavily weighted on one side to like, you know, drive a nail into the wall with the, you know, force of the weight of the end of the hammer going into the head. It would be more of like a penetration. Like I would, but I don't know if I would be able to. Like, if let's speculate here and say that I was going to swing at you with a hammer and like fucking try to kill you, I would probably not even hit you hard enough to do anything except give you a headache. (laughs) Well, that's because I would hesitate and I would just be like, I don't know if I want to. I'm going to do it, but like, no, you bring up a really good point because it's like, how much drive and determination does this person have? have? Well, and it's such. You're right, and it's a close vicinity. Like a baseball bat, still like it's longer, you know, a bigger object than a, ha- a tool belt hammer, but it's still like, you're right it's up face inti- to face. It's an intimate, it's, it's not a rage. Gunshot. It's gotta be rage because yeah, it's not a gun. It's gotta be a, like driven out of some sort of spite and rage. At this point though, after being bludgeoned with this hammer, and I apologize because he was bludgeoned with the hammer, there were, uh, two stab wounds, two of a knife. So wait, he got hit with a baseball bat, bludgeoned with a hammer and stabbed. Not bludgeoned. I apologize. Just bludgeoned with the baseball bat and then stabbed twice with a knife. Oh, you said hammer because we were talking I, about hammers. Right. I was speculating okay. with a hammer. I was like, what, they hammer. did have a hammer? Okay, so baseball bat and then and then a knife? That's kind of overkill. Right? It's like really making sure the job got done. The assailant then took off with multi, you know, witnesses seeing this right and left in this affluent neighborhood, all of that. When the police come to investigate, they are, it's being reported, it was initially reported as a burglary that had taken place, ransacked this, this rich home of this doctor and such. However, there were no open drawers, as you can very well guess, no ransacked closets or overturned furniture. It actually spoke everything of an inside job to them. So they were like, oh, either this person had been, like they knew who this was, or they had been very familiar with the schedule or had been laying in wait. Like there was more of an intimate connection here than just some random robbery. At the time, the now recent widow, Betty Wilson, was too distraught to really be questioned by uh, Huntsville police. But after a little time had passed. Wait, 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 wait. So you said they suspected an inside job mm-hmm. and then Betty was too distraught to be questioned. Um, that is correct. But how did, was she home when this happened? Where was she? Do we know? Did you say, and I just wasn't listening? So, um, that is a good question because it didn't actually state where, where she, what her whereabouts were at the time. Cause it's nine thirty at night. He's home late. She's not home. 
Well, see, and that's part of the whole rockiness of their marriage. She has, it was believed and has been, not even believed, it was, it's been proven to show that she had actually been committing quite a few adulterous affairs behind her husband's back in a way, sleeping around with this or that. Betty's a hoe, you guys. She had her fingers in other, well, maybe not pies, but. Maybe, you know, maybe pies. Maybe pies. Who knows? She had somebody's pie in her hole. I would presume at this point, that's probably what she was doing, getting porked in the pie hole. So, <sighs> so she, once she was located, apparently, cause it doesn't, I, it didn't go into the depths of like where she was, but they did get in touch with her. The police did. She had revealed that she had lunch with her husband that day. They wanted to know what her whereabouts, the ongoings of that day. Uh, after he had returned to his office to work from lunch, she spent most of the day shopping in preparation of the trip to Santa Fe that they were planning to go on the next day. Oh, I thought that was going to be a surprise oh, I for her. Know, it does state where she was here. Oh, okay. So later that evening, after attending an AA Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, woo woo, shout out friends of Bill, she returned home at about 930 where she discovered her husband's body. So she was the one who placed the call. She went to a neighbor's house. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So she came back at 9.30. He could have been back around 9 or 8.50 for all we know. Like, they said he he had returned home around 9.30. That's when Betty got back. Well, she had... Re- that's where she stated she had returned. So she was, like, arriving mm-hmm. home kind of, like, give or take before... Or, excuse me, after this had all just taken place. So... She went to a neighbor's home because she didn't state anything about seeing an assailant or anything. Just finding her husband's body sprawled across the... This is 92. Okay, so I was like, why didn't she contact the police? But I guess, like... Well, she did. She went to a neighbor's home to call 911. Okay. Because she didn't, you know, obviously, like, oh my god, somebody broke in, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to be in the house. And, I mean, I don't know how much she's probably thinking, like, I don't want to disturb the crime scene. But, I mean, that would probably be my first thought. Of, like, <laughs> like, oh my god, I just don't want to give away the fact that I was already here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So... By using credit card receipts and eyewitnesses, the police were able to verify Betty's story about her whereabouts for the whole day that she had stated it, except Uh for one 30-minute period around 2.30 p.m. Actually, it should be two 30-minute periods. Oh, is it two? Yeah, because it looks like one around 2.30 p.m. and between 5 and 5.30 p.m. Either Betty's getting some love really quickly. Nobody Um. does it better like Betty Crocker. (laughs) Or she knows how to swing a baseball bat pretty efficiently and stuff. Good lord, right? Oh my god, what is that league of her own there? Other family members were checked out, but all appeared to have alibis. Everything checked out there. The first break to the investigators had come from a tip that they had received a week before this had all taken place. A woman, anonymous, who had called in concerned about her friend by the name of James White. Whom, while drunk, had talked about killing a doctor in Huntsville. That he was going to kill a doctor then? Not that he already had. About killing a doctor. So he had already stated. So I'm not sure about this whole thing about uh, that makes sense. Week before the death? Yeah, that's unless Unless he was saying, like, unless it's just. Like, I'm going to have to commit this crime. Or, like, some lady paid me to, like, kill this doctor and, like, totally going to do that. That's what he sounds like, by the way. A troubled friend, James White, had been telling a crazy story about being recruited. Okay, Okay, so it was a week before the the murder. That's thank you so much, New York Times. Uh, He had been telling a crazy story about being, while drunk, about being recruited to kill a Huntsville doctor. White, 42 at the time, didn't really have much credibility. He was an alcoholic psycho, famous among other Bama barflies. All right, so you're an Alabama barfly. I'm not. I am Bella. Bam. Uh, 
I am a barfly. That changed my mind. I guess I am a barfly. <laughs> For telling outlandish tales. But the police were still roused to arrest him when they learned that White claimed to have been hired for the hit by none other. <gasps> Let me guess. It was Betty. Peggy. And a woman yes. by the name of Peggy Lowe. Peggy Hill. Peggy Hill. An elementary school teacher in Talladega. Oh, she teaches school too? Spanish. <laughs> right? Probably. <laughs> she happened to be the twin sister, though, of yeah, Betty Wilson. So, no. But Betty's the one that... Okay, go but ahead. Betty's the one who's married to the doctor. Right, right. Yeah, there's Peggy, supposedly the one that... Is he sleeping with her sister? So, with that... After being interrogated, so they pull in, they take in White. He admitted that Lowe had, it was Lowe, had enlisted him to indeed kill the doctor, Dr. Wilson. How does she have the money for that? She's an elementary school teacher. Oh, that's where they really get into the fun stuff. Okay. He initially was like, oh, this has got to be bullshit. Well, first off, here's how their rapport came to be even. He is, you know, clearly this dude that doesn't have much credibility, is known for being a psychotic or psycho Bama barfly. So is he a psycho or a drunk though? Cause like a psychotic, a, psych- a psycho drunk is what it is an alcoholic psycho is what he's notorious for being supposedly. So he's probably not the best of company to be keeping. So that said, he does like little handyman jobs here and there when he's, you know, hired out like contracted work, contracting work, but like. You mean like handyman? Yeah, okay. like uh, jack of all trades type stuff. You okay. know, fix a fix plumbing. So wait a fucking second. Betty Hill Low is like Betty my, Wilson. Or sorry, Peggy Hill was like my dishwasher's broken. I need to call James White. And White shows up and he's like, I'll fix it for you. 20 bucks or what the fuck ever. Because I don't know how much it costs to fix a dishwasher. But then she's I'll like. I'll fix it for you for a blowjob. Well, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, cool. Fix this. Also, do you want to kill somebody? Right. Yeah. And she's an elementary school teacher. And he met her by being hired from by the school or whatever to do some handyman fix-it work around the school. Carpentry work. They crossed paths and she got to talking with him. And according to him, Peggy Lowe was quite infatuated with him. Oh, according to him. Right. So that said, they would get to talking day in and day out for however long his uh, job was contracted for for him to be there and over the time that they got to build this rapport they had exchanged phone numbers so then it would go into these numerous you know nightly phone calls that would last for hours on end eventually james white stated to the police during this interrogation as we're getting this information that peggy had happened to mention hey do you happen to know anyone who might be willing to you know bump off my husband no she didn't initially she had stated to james white i want you to how much do you think it would cost and if you know anyone to be hired to basically murder my husband, Wilson, you know, Jack Wilson, mm-hmm. which Peggy Lowe is obviously not the wife or the spouse of Jack Wilson. So James White, of course, laughed this off, not taking it too seriously and just figured, okay, whatever, I'm going to still play along. At what point are you having that conversation with somebody? What even brings you there, right? Exactly. Why would you also state it was your husband if you're not the spouse of, you know, this this gentleman? Yeah. And furthermore, why would you want this death? And you were speculating, you were saying like, well, maybe it's an affair, you know, like. Let's just assume that maybe um, Wilson was... 
you know, like Lowe was sleeping around. with, right? Yeah. Like if his wife, because there there were allegations that have been proven true that Betty Wilson was oh. actually cheating on her husband with quite. Were you, they? Um, and their marriage was in turbulent, you know, turbulent times. Were they identical? So good question. I had to find that out for myself because I wanted to know. Okay, wait. What if they're identical? Right. Right. They appear to be as such, or if they're not identical, they look strikingly similar to one another. So to where like, if I met them right now, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Well, you can, but like subtle differences, like in face shape. So he would know. Given if he's like what, sober or drunk at the time. No, 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 no <laughs> not white Wilson. Wilson wouldn't oh, have the, accidentally the, the, slept the, with her sister. Oh, thinking he, that it was he would her. know. Yes. Okay. I mean, come, he's also an eye doctor. I mean, I, well, no, but I thought maybe like, Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Dun, dun. That was it. No, that was actually a good question. Cause I was wondering like, what if it's actually Betty posing as Peggy? Right, you know? right. Or something like, and talking to Jack and co- coercing him to commit this crime or getting information if he knows someone to do it. Uh, if they're not identical, they do look strikingly similar. And you can kind of vaguely tell them apart, but they do look very much alike. Okay. Um, I've n- I have not been able to find information if they're actually fraternal or identical or whatever, you know, the different types of twins that there are. I didn't know what they were. That's why I said No, <laughs> that I wanted to know too. Because I, I couldn't remember if it was fraternal or paternal. Or- I, I can't, I, I don't even know if it is fraternal. I might have fucked that one up. No, so. I think it is, but I just, I don't know which one's which. Right. S- same here. I'm on the same board. So he initially stated to her over the phone, $20,000. She's like, Peggy had replied, oh my goodness, that is, that's quite a high price. Can I show you my boobs? And <laughs> Pretty much. Like, oh, did she really? She was like, that, it's actually my sister's husband, not mine. She indicates, and she's she's in hard times right now. Why? But this whole thing is weird to begin with. Yeah. So she's like, I don't think she can afford that amount. You know, um, is there any way you know that you would know someone for less? So this takes place, and apparently it gets down to the point where five thousand dollars is the agreed upon. Are you rate. kidding me? Fifteen thousand dollar discount. Ooh, and you after my own heart. So she jewed him down. Thank you, Lowe's a low baller. Nice, right? The deal was sealed, apparently, according to James, now in person for this $5,000. So it went from phone to in person as, as she was seducing him while wearing pretty purplish pink underwear. Now, White was given a strict deadline to kill Dr. Wilson before the Santa Fe trip because Betty had loathed the idea of spending a weekend away with him. At this point, it's still, you know, so it's still Peggy, according to James, who propositioned this hit murder right. for hire. But Betty loathes spending a weekend away with him. Just fucking tell him you don't want to go with him. Right. Well, I mean. If it's true. Right? Exactly. I mean, communication is clearly lacking. The only thing I can think of, considering it's in Huntsville, Alabama. That said, it's probably like one of those places where looks are everything. And it's like, ooh, why is the doctor out of town without his wife? And, you know, to generate all these rumors. And if they're involved in anything political, they have to look like the perfect little married couple. But why go out of town then? Let's say that the conversation goes like this. Hey, buddy. Hey, Jack. Think about going out of town. Hey, Jack. (laughs) Thinking about taking you out of town. What do you think about that? And then Betty goes, what? I'm not going anywhere with you. The end. Trip is canceled. But, like, what if he had made mention of it to other colleagues or other people? You know, we decided not to go. It's kind of a crazy weekend. Like, there's excuses that could be made. I completely agree, but who knows what the deal was. And who knows if this is even completely remotely true, considering the source being well, Mr. Apparently White. Peggy's a psycho drunk, and so is... Well, and I'm like wondering why she's so involved in her sister's affair. I'm telling you, too. she's getting that D from Mr. Wilson. Investigators 
actually took to searching White's home, James White's home, and found a handgun that was registered to Betty Wilson, the wife, and a Huntsville library book that was also checked out in her name. And this is in James White's home. Checked out in Wilson's name? In Betty Wilson's name. In a crime noir kind of flair, she paid him by concealing the cash in that book. Now, the funny thing is, just as a side note, only 2500 in cash was ever paid. The rest you never actually received. So he even got less than the 5000 So you get half before half when it's done. And it was done, but he just never got the other. <laughs> wow, Peggy or Betty, they're shicey. So wait, let me get this straight. So Peggy's the one that supposedly hired him, but... He has Betty's gun and Betty's library. Okay. Well, I mean, and I guess he could have gotten it from Peggy, you know, like she could have had access to that, but her gun even. But then how close, I mean, they're twins. Don't twins have like that freaky, like, you, you know, said they're strikingly ESP. similar. So how do we know that he didn't actually speak to Betty the whole time and, and just like get confused? Which is very, another very possible thing. But then at the same time, why is Betty at the school meeting this guy? Right. So well, that doesn't make Peggy. sense. Right. That wouldn't make sense. But like, what if Peggy's like, she met him and she's like, I had met this guy. You need to talk to him. And then he Betty takes to, over on the phone You want to sleep calls, with him. You know? Because everybody in town knows you're a whore. So. Right. So like, just screw around with him, like ride his dick a bit. And then, you know, like have him, he'll totally do it. And you don't even have to pay the full price. You get the Jew, the Jew down discount. Maybe. I don't know. Keep going. So with that in mind now, having found these objects of definite speculation and such, uh, the investigators had, you know, arrested White um, and decided to go ahead and charge both sisters okay. for this crime. So the motive behind Betty was stated to have been that she wanted the money that from the doctor. From the doctor, you wanted okay. his money, just not him. So like that Black Widow syndrome. Oh yeah, pretty pretty familiar. So it was a familiar motive, in fact, is what prosecution B said. He said they wanted money, and P is motive for P. Um. So and then Peggy stated she had actually nothing to do with this. What she denies. <laughs> Now, according to a witness that's a credible source by the name of Brenda Surha. Here comes Brenda again. Right? Do you think Good it's our Brenda? Brenda. It, it could it's... very well be. Now, that's why she has to work at that little gas station mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of her stately Brenda May and her little cat. A friend whose husband had committed suicide said that Betty had a very peculiar reaction to her husband's death. Oh, she said that she envied me. And this is direct quote from Brenda. What? She said she envied me because I had inherited my husband's estate and was young and could do whatever I wanted. And I'll guess the same Brenda we talked to. No. Betty then jauntily added, I want Jack dead too. Whoa. When did this happen? Do you know? Either it had to have been just before or like the killing had occurred. Okay. So now for 14 years since this trial... And after the conviction was made. Okay. Over which twin, you know, was actually, or were both. Twinsy. It's no question in doubt that it was James White who had committed the right. murder. They because were he was able a hired to prove, hit. Right. Yeah. And he had, he had admitted it and given testimony. However, for 14 years and ongoing, the case was further muddied during that time by James White. James White's frequent public recantations of his testimony, so constantly changing his story from oh, this to that. Oh, so he's fucking Johnny... Flip-flopping and psychotic Barentine. alcoholic, right? Johnny Barentine. He wrote, in reality, I've never even met or spoken with Mrs. Wilson. Well, maybe that's true. Not even to this day. I was never propositioned by Mrs. Peggy Lowe what? to murder Dr. Jack Wilson. 
I made it all up in order to appease detectives. Because that makes so much sense. (laughs) He had the fucking cash. And the gun. Which he didn't even bother to use. And why just randomly kill a doctor dude and like not even like bother to ransack the house if he was doing it for money or whatever. Exactly. The twin or twins convicted filed appeals based on White's change of heart with judges ruling that his account at trial had been credible at the time. So even though his statements have thus changed throughout the time, throughout the years. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So this is a little bit deeper in depth of his story of how he actually, whatever interaction, if any, that he had with uh, Betty White. Okay. His story evolved during this interrogation initially, you know, which included the phone calls between he and Peggy initially, and then phone calls between both sisters deciding to give him a gun, a trip to Guntersville to pick up expense money inside a library book, and meeting Mrs. Wilson herself in Huntsville to get more expense money, which a pen told up to 2500 not even the full 5000 On the day of the murder, he claimed Mrs. Wilson met him in the parking lot of a nearby shopping center and carried him to her home. On her back. Right? <laughs> she's <laughs> Cradled like a, him in her arms. She's a pack Nestled milk. against her bosom. <laughs> where he waited for two hours for Dr. Wilson to arrive home. There, he was not armed at the time. He had stated later that he had not even liked guns since he was a retired Vietnam, ever since Vietnam, a retired Vietnam vet. Instead, he carried a length of rope. And White also said that although he remembered struggling with Wilson over a somehow appearance of a baseball bat, he did not remember killing the doctor. After the murder, Mrs. Wilson returned to the house, picked him up, and took him back to his truck at the shopping center. Okay. He then drove back to Vincent, where he is from, and went out drinking that night with his brother. To prove his story, he led the police to his home where a gun was found that was registered to Mrs. Wilson and the book, the library book. White was unsure about dates, times, and specific events, but the, de- but the detectives were kind of expecting that. And it would also take us a bit for them to sort out what was actually factual and what was delusional. Okay. So, that uh, let's see here. A source close to the case described White after he was brought back to Huntsville as being in physical agony, almost climbing the walls and begging to be given his medicine, which is lithium, apparently. And it was withheld from a, uh, which was withheld because it was in a different bottle from what it came in, and White didn't have a prescription for it. Well, then he can't take it anyway. But there you are. So, of course, this, um, the news about the horrific murder at the time explodes. Yeah, of course. Exploded around the neighborhood, the city, and everything. Prominent doctor gets bludgeoned to death. Yeah. For a popular political figure the night before the murder, that Betty Wilson had hosted this fundraiser for this political person the night before the murder had occurred with her husband. That kind of made people start to speculate, you know, like, oh, did, they, did this political person get embalmed or, you know, blah, right. Blah. Now, it was always rumored for Betty Wilson to have been a gold digger. Uh, she had been heard cursing her husband by multiple sources. The case even became more political in nature after the DA agreed to give a plea bargain to White rather than take him to trial so long as he it would give him life with the possibility of parole in seven years in exchange for helping convict the twins. But then he recounted his statement. So he didn't want to take the plea? Which is, well, he he did take the plea, but then afterwards he recanted. The judge is like, I don't care what you're doing. Like what you said at court was is legit up to this time. So you can say whatever you want. This is what's been accepted. I would I would take back the deal. I'd be like, no, you... Well, after the hearing, prosecution successfully argued 
that because Betty Wilson was a beneficiary to her husband's will, and the fact that she had a sexual affair was enough to prove her motive, you know, killed for the money. Tape-recorded confession of James White provided the evidence. After the hearing, both sisters were ordered to stand trial for the murder, so both were up for grant, up for you know conviction and sentencing. So during this trial, now there were no witnesses who ever saw James White or that was capable or had ever seen James White and Betty Wilson together at any time, and there was no physical evidence linking White to the crime scene, which is interesting. I mean, you'd think there'd be DNA all over it. Yeah, especially since they had the murder weapon. Right? Also a major headache for both sides was White's consist- constantly changing stories. It wasn't constantly. He did one story and then later well, changed Well, even it. in the interrogation initially, he was saying, well, first she said this, then wait, then she said this. Then oh, okay. So, so am I like, now I'm going to guess that he, White wasn't actually involved now? Well... He suddenly recalled the fact that he had not remembered before while he was in his cell thinking after his plea bargain. He had changed clothes in the house and placed them in a plastic bag along with a rope and knife and hid them under a rock a few feet from the swimming pool. How big is this fucking rock? The bag was supposed to be the same when he received the money from Miss, the money from Miss Lowe in. So is it, was it from Miss Wilson or Miss Lowe? You know, officials later explained that the clothes not being found during the initial search by saying the police dog had an allergy. Which was why these... What? Right? It's a shit dog. Right? Armani could do a better job than that. Although the clothes and bag were found exactly where White said they would be, the forensic people were never able to establish if they had been bloodstained or if they actually belonged to White. What does that mean? How? The clothes... Okay, no, wait, stop. The clothes were to become one of the biggest mysteries of the case. That doesn't make any sense. If he was wearing them, beat this guy to death with a fucking baseball bat, there is going to be splatter. Well, no one ever seriously believed that the clothes had been missed first off during the initial search. Privately, members of the Huntsville police expressed skepticism, like under, like anonymously. Many people actually believed that White had gotten someone to place the clothes there in an attempt To bolster his credibility and escape the electric chair. Why he would be given that, they would care as such, I'm not, I don't even know. A lot of this sounds like the the political side of things. But would they, okay, so the clothes in the bag potentially weren't the clothes he was wearing. But was the knife the one that he used? And what the fuck was it the rope for? It doesn't even state that about the knife there. I mean, at this point, what it sounds like is that this was a rigged trial to begin with. You know what I mean? Like you're saying that he was just a patsy? I See, I think he actually did it. Well, that's... But what a, if he well, didn't? So, like, let's say that they pinned it on him and, like, he confessed because he's fucking crazy. And then he has, like, well, I put these clothes here. Like, this is my credibility for, like, what actually happened. But instead, he actually just told someone to fucking do it. Because you didn't mention anything about blood on the knife or fingerprints on the knife. See, and they don't even mention a knife in general. Just as it was in the bag. And that doesn't make sense to me. His fingerprints would be on the bag, too. Here's what's going on. And again, like I said, they had their, they were politically connected, the Wilsons, you know? So, this is what the case essentially boiled down to when it finally went to trial. Who the hell, who the fuck was telling the truth at this point? Right. And what evidence was actually admissible or it, was it admissible in court or not admissible? So, prosecution had argued it was murder for hire. And cl- the defense claimed that White did not carry a weapon with him, which made and made the story unbelievable. Yeah. Prosecution argued that White's testimony was credible. Defense argued he had changed his confession so many times it was unbelievable, and he had fitted his testimony to fit the prosecution's case in order to escape possible death sentence. 
Prosecution argued White's testimony was collaborated by records of phone calls and the library. Okay. Defense argued there was another explanation. Prosecution argued the gun was given to White by Betty Wilson and Peggy Lowe. Defense claimed he stole the gun and offered the fact that the empty no. box the gun came in, along with the shells, was found in the home afterwards. No. Prosecution offered a witness who claimed to have seen James White and Betty Wilson near the murder scene within 30 minutes of one another. No, you can't believe witnesses. They they don't remember things very Defense well. argued the witness was not credible because she had been unable to pick White out in a lineup. Yeah, because, I mean, you're going to have multiple witnesses in most situations and you're going to hear seven different stories because... People remember things completely different. And completely the, once the news is out, too, it starts exactly. to... Yeah. Prosecution claimed the timeline proved their case. Defense argued the timeline did not fit. Prosecution offered a witness who claimed Mrs. Wilson had talked about wanting to kill her husband. That's good old Brenda Serha. Yeah, she said that. Defense argued the story was not credible because it had happened almost six years earlier. And the woman had continued to be friends with Mrs. Wilson. And? Defense offered a witness who stated she had received a message from Dr. Wilson on her answering machine after the alleged time of death. Prosecution argued the call could have been made earlier. Regardless of any of the hard evidence, the central theme, and everyone agreed upon this, was to paint Betty Wilson as the cold and immoral devilish evil twin. And Peggy Lowe, as the church lady, gold-hearted, had nothing to do with this Elementary twin. school teacher in her Spanish class. The most dramatic part was by bringing an employee forth in which a, si- a city employee forth to the stand who had been known for having relations with Mrs. Wilson. Oh, everybody's had relations with Mrs. Wilson. And although the prosecution denied playing the racism card, observers of the trial all, all agreed it had the same effect. So the guy was obviously not white. And these twins are, by the way, affluent, you know. That's so fucked up. Right? That's probably, you know, and it's fucked up to say, but that's probably why she thought that she could approach him about the topic to begin with. Well, whoever the city employee, I mean, well, I would wonder, okay, so she's having, she's sleeping around on her husband. That's frowned upon, you know, uh, with these, you know, Huntsville, like a Richie, you know, Hoity, Yeah. And then furthermore, to be sleeping with like, I would assume it's a black employee because like how that would be just deplorable like oh my god unthinkable so clearly it has to be yeah it's i mean i guess racism at its finest it's never gone away right we just kind of put a blanket over it for a little bit i do have my question so they're they're for the defense the most crucial moment can't probably occurred when white testified that betty wilson picked him up at the murder scene between 6 and 6 30 p.m remember there were those two time frames that wasn't the time frame of right correct If the jurors believed White's story, it would have been impossible for Mrs. Wilson to have participated. The biggest difference were basically how each twin in the trial was how each twin was portrayed. And even all the way down to the way that they dressed. The conviction stands. James White, convicted, sentenced for committing the murder. Okay. Both twins. The evil twin, the good twin, Betty Wilson, Peggy Love. Do you believe, or what is your speculation... Have they? Are they both convicted and sentenced? Is one convicted and sentenced and the other not? Hello. Do you want to play a game? I have three questions. Oh, I have four questions. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, Semicolon. So- <laughs> Numero uno is: Did they say that? Peggy had a motive. They said that that's a great question. That her motive was no motive. Because 
according to her testimony or her stand at the trial, she had nothing to do with any of this and was just like shrapnel, like caught in a crossfire, like innocent bystander, just but due to the fact that her sister is her twin and they're close. I call bullshit. Okay. So, um, and the fact that she met James White at the elementary school and did speak with him, but that's as far as it went. Okay. What time? She was just trying to help a poor man in need. So, at one point you had said that Betty had met White to get him money. Do you know what time that was? Mm, good question. That At that supermarket, right? When they went to Gunther or whatever it was, right? To go pick up the money or whenever they went back to Huntsville. Because, like, they went to Gunther to go do something. No, no, no. They went to Gunther to get the library book. And then they went back to Huntsville to talk to Betty. Do you know what time that was? Let's see. And then while you're looking at that, my other question is what time um, did Betty pick up James White from the house? Okay, so in Guntersville, he was to pick up expense money inside a library book and meeting then to meet Mrs. Wilson in Huntsville to get more expense money. What time? On the day of the murder, so this would be May 22nd of 1992, he claimed that he met her in the parking lot of a nearby shopping center where she then, they say Carrie's so funny, she then uh, basically led him or took him to her home where he waited for two hours until Dr. Wilson arrived home. So Dr. that was around, like, he came home seven, around. Well, Dr. Wilson came home around 9.30. So that would have so been around 7.30. 7, 6, 7.30. Okay. Times don't line 6, up. 6.30 to 7, 7.30-ish. It doesn't line up. Um, what about, what time did Betty pick up Mr. White from the house to take him out of town? Because you said that she'd driven him back after the murder, right? After the murder, Mrs. Wilson returns to the house. So picked him up around nine thirty, right? We're we're thinking, or just after, right? Yeah. Okay, picked him up and carried him back to his truck at the shopping center. He then drove to back to Vincent, where he's from, and went out drinking with his brother. So it doesn't have a time frame there. We're just going to assume. So around seven thirty ish is when she dropped him off. Around nine thirty ish is when she would have picked him up. What? Well, you would have to assume like a quick a killing, like maybe ten minutes. Okay, yeah. but here's the thing. How did she know that the killing was done unless she was actually in the house? Unless he called her. Again, phone records. We don't have anything on that aspect. Number or two. if she was, like, in the area near your vicinity. She would still have to know that it was over. Oh, that's Without true, right? communication. Yeah. They didn't have text messaging back then. Nope. And then if she had come home, seen the murder, driven him out of town when it was finished, what time did she contact the police? Right? Because she was supposedly just getting home from an AA meeting to find her husband's bludgeoned body. Correct. Now, did they corroborate her story about being in the AA meeting? That's the interesting thing about AA. It's Alcoholics Anonymous, right? But it's irrelevant if there's a murder involved. Because then they're obstructing justice, right? That gets really hairy. That is a... I actually did not... They did not talk about corroborating with that at all. And I honestly don't know if you can actually... I think that there is some stipulation where it is not considered an obstruction of justice. And I could very much so be wrong on this. But Alcoholics Anonymous has maintained the right or reserves the right to completely remain anonymous. So they cannot... They do not disclose who or what has been there. They can state, yes, there are these members... Yes, they have, you know, that this meeting occurred and such, but I don't believe that they can actually say such and such was here at this meeting. So her time frame was 2.30, around 2 to 2.30. And was that, her 30-minute window. good question. 
because it doesn't even say if the police, to me, it see just as between you and I, it seems like the law enforcement had their minds made up already about who and what they were going to convict. So we this. have, we have uncounted time for Wilson from Miss Wilson from two to two thirty and five to five thirty. None of those times match her dropping off the murderer, the hitman before her husband arrived home around nine thirty. And then it also doesn't match up her time gap between taking the hitman outside of town and then coming back to contact the police at a neighbor's house. It doesn't make sense. I know who I think it got pinned on, and I think it got pinned on Miss Wilson, but I think it shouldn't have. I don't, I, even if she was spiteful and she wanted to have her husband killed, I think that her sister did everything for her. So you think that Peggy did everything for Betty? Well, they should have both been convicted, but I don't think Betty did all the things that she's being pinned for. Like, I think she, her and her sister, like, went hand in hand on it Mm -hmm. to split maybe the money. (laughs) Which he didn't even get the full amount of. Right. But I think the things that are saying that, like, she dropped him off beforehand, picked him up when it was done. As far as the information that you have, there's no phone record of him contacting anybody after the murder to let them know that it's been completed. Her time frame doesn't add up, and... See, and that was one thing that the defense stated, uh, like, uh, about the fact that her time frame, it, the time frame couldn't, if, if you believe what his story is saying, you know, his Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. It, exactly. Let's say you come home, you find your husband dead, and then, or in your case, you find your wife dead, and then you decide to take somebody on a trip out of town, and then you contact the police, they would know, right? Because they would have forensics that say, like, no, this person, like, died, like, 45 minutes ago. Why are you, and you said you got home at this time? Like, why did it take you so long to contact us? Right. Well, because at least it would have been a, what, a, a 30 minute difference, right? To call 911. And initially, see, and that's the other thing. Did they talk to that neighbor who she went over and made the phone call with? Like, which doesn't state. And I, I mean, there, because it's such a publicly speculated and documented case, I'm sure there are actual, I should actually try and locate the police file for it. I have. So my guess at this point is that Betty got pinned for everything. You, my friends, I must say, are absolutely correct. And not only are you correcting your speculation on that, but even the fact that you said, well, first initially both twins should have been convicted, that's exactly what the prosecution, or excuse me, the defense, not the defense, the overall, I guess, outside speculators of the trial, like law enforcement, believed what is what should have happened. Both twins had involvement. Both twins should have been convicted. They definitely had to have. Um, they were definitely in it together because Peggy knew him before Betty was even in the picture. Right. How did he even come to be? Right? Into her life. And so, correct, both twins. And now, Betty, you're right, Betty was basically made to be the fall, the fall person, and Peggy actually walked away scot-free. Oh, I'm sure she did. So, which is so interesting to me because Betty is the one with the money, but it sounds like maybe those the political. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think they, I think sisters got together. Betty was like, I'm miserable. I don't want to be with him anymore. Maybe he's controlling. I don't know their relationship, but like maybe, maybe she convinced Peggy to play along. And Peggy was like, Hey, I don't know if you were serious, but I've been talking to this guy and he seems to be down for it for this amount of money. And I know you have it. So like once we, you know, once we ice, Mr. Wilson, you'll get the fucking money for it. It'll all be pinned on Mr. White, and you and I can split the fucking estate money. Estate money. But the interesting thing about that, though, is like Peggy Lowe is just an elementary school teacher. Betty Wilson is the wife of a prominent or predominant, I 
you know, ophthalmologist. But that's what I'm saying. That's why that's why Peggy was down to do it. She's an elementary school teacher. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to suspect her. Right. But I'm just saying, why would it be? Normally, it's those that have the money and the political But I'm saying Betty convinced Peggy to do it. Oh, to get her involved with yeah. it. Betty was like, Peggy, her, can you help cul- me? Culpable. Well, there's new uh, there's new statement where she had just Peggy came out with a, a a new statement on that child, which I can look into. I'm not sure if it goes into that. The only thing I want to I'm curious to know though is or what like find interesting is that Betty Wilson, the one with the power, the money, the political ties, was the one that was convicted. Oh, I'm not surprised normally, about that at all. But normally, it would have been the fall guy or somebody that has nothing to offer, nothing. to Well, gain. no, because because. Uh, Mrs. Wilson wasn't the one with the political ties. Her husband wasn't. She was just but she involved was still with the wife, it. But she was still host of fundraisers. I think the reason why she wasn't, I think she had created some faux pas in that rich, you know, hoity-toity society that were frowned upon, like sleeping with a black city employee type person. Um, See, um, when you first said that, I thought you meant that um, James White was... Oh, no, no, no. He's white, too. Oh, okay. So, no, I thought she had been sleeping with him. I got that confused. That, that's okay. But she had multiple affairs, which is also a faux pas. She wasn't very, Well, she probably like, slept with, with sly about too. it, you know. Oh, she probably did, you know. But the other thing is, I wonder if, like, political forces that were trying to gain more power or, you know, flex their muscle or get certain people out of the way in order to gain whoever's trust or whatever, I bet they had it out for her specifically to show, hey... Now we don't even have to worry about that side because maybe they were, the Wilsons were in support of like their, their opponent. Do you know what I mean? It's possible, but I mean, at this point they're, it's nine times out of 10, it's the spouse anyway. And I just, it's, it just baffles me that they didn't decide to pin it on both of the sisters, knowing that they fully well corroborated together because there's no way that Betty was like, I'm just going to like kick it at the elementary school and in like, happened to run into this guy. Right. And that's, I mean, why would they spare her? I have no idea. They didn't have enough evidence against her. They had the psycho alcoholics testimony and that was it. And they were like, I mean, like, but she was like, she didn't even, I mean, not even a slap on the wrist or anything, you know? I have no idea. See, that's, that's interesting. Cause like if she's an elementary school teacher, it makes me wonder, okay, well, what ties does that elementary school that she works at have with other, you know, powers that be? I wouldn't go that far. I don't think that they would have many ties in, like, the school. Oh, it's a school. But they do. Well, I don't know anything. We've established that. <laughs> but, I mean, and especially, well, it's just, like, for areas like this that are, like, because they're not, like, some huge, it's not, like, New York City. You know, this yeah, is Huntsville, no, it's Hunt- Alabama. Hunt- oh, it's Huntsville, not Huntington? Huntsville. Okay. So it's Huntsville. So it's not, like, it, not that I'm trying to knock its prestige or anything, but it's not exactly like, you know, uh, Washington, D.C. or, you know, one of these big, huge... You yeah, know. it's not... So whatever politics or powers in charge at that moment, like, it, that's their end-all, be-all for that town. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm sure, like, certain factions, certain, like, like certain schools, maybe certain religions or whatever, have favor over others, you know? And Possible. So that's the only thing I can think More of. financial backing, more political influence. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Hey, you got it. Like where that school happens to be located is on the borderline of where the Republicans and Democrats are. Oh, of Do you course. see what I mean? Like it all ties in at the end of the day. So, but I'm not sure if that's the case necessarily, but that's the only thing I can think of as to why she was spared and why Betty took the bullet, bit the, you know, bit it in the butt. So, 
but I did actually find her court case document. Oh, so also just by looking through and skimming the, the actual court document for this case, the speculation you made about why one of the reasons why Peggy Lowe was also not convicted in this case, uh, due to the fact that there was no cooperating evidence to yeah. really, you know, pin her to it is absolutely correct. The prosecution, it looks like they did pull her into trial and they did put her on the stand, but because there was nothing to link other than she met James White, you know, at, at her elementary school while, in, you know, she was working, um, phone conversations had happened and that's about it. Everything else, the library book, the gun. Um, but did Peggy fucking pin it on her sister? Like, how did James White just suddenly, you know, but then I guess you could argue in the sense that, well, Betty and James took upon it themselves to have their this little tete-a-tete relationship and take it, which took things for the worse. It could have been that, or Peggy could have fucking planted evidence. Maybe she was jealous of her sister and, and all the up-and-comings that she'd gotten, and Peggy didn't have it, and was like, I'm going to have a relationship with this James White guy, we're going to pin it on Betty and he's going to get off scot-free. And that's what they initially thought. But then that goes back to, like, the clothing. Didn't have any blood on it. So they said, now that to me is like a whole, like, that I would actually like to kind of skim through as well on this case because of the fact that, I mean, they, forensics was becoming, it was up and coming at the time. You know, it wasn't You can fucking see blood on clothes, though. You don't need forensic to see it. No, I agree with that. But I mean, just the fact that you would still have to take it to a crime lab to be tested, blah, blah, blah. Well, just to match the DNA, yeah. But they they had said that they didn't find any evidence of blood, which means, like, even visual evidence they didn't have. But yet there is the bag, and according, and supposedly the murder, one of the murder weapons used, you know, it... I mean, it just, to me, it sounds like something weird. Something's missing, though, too, because they had the baseball bat. I don't, I don't know. I just, it's something, honestly, I feel like Peggy reached out to this James White character and wanted. That is true. That is also according to, but it's also, and they, and they also, the fact that the police missed that during their first initial search of the crime scene with the. You know, the uh, allergic dog. Right. The allergy rid- riddled dog. So that to me is just weird in and of itself and reeks of like something's, something's a foot, something's wrong, you know. But that's what I'm, I would like to actually go through that in on the actual this uh, court document. So this, this is an interesting point here according to the court case file. So James White apparently... Uh, after waiting um, uh, for about two to three hours later, they uh, he ended up meeting the doctor as he was arriving to his home homestead, and eventually, uh, with that, he just grabbed him and grabbed some object that was nearby or close by, which he used to begin hitting Doctor Wilson with over and over, i.e., a baseball bat. And he doesn't remember what it was used, and then blacked out. He also doesn't remember stabbing Doctor Wilson. The next thing he remembers is being in the woods behind the Wilson's home. He testified that although Wilson told him that he should leave through the woods behind her house, he walked back to the house and saw Wilson driving into the driveway. That he got into Wilson, this is Betty Wilson driving into the driveway. Okay. That he got into Betty Wilson's automobile and she drove him to his truck, which was parked at the mall, the shopping center. That while he was laying in the back seat of the automobile, he covered himself with some clothing and plastic bags, including a pink bag. 
and that he observed a bank bag. He stated that after Betty Wilson let, it, let him out of his truck, he purchased some items, including beer, and drove home. If the clothing that he used to cover himself with, maybe that's what he was placed into the bag. But then how would he have time, if he covered himself with the clothing, then how would it get under the rock? Unless Betty put it there. That is true, upon arriving back home. Yeah, to hide it. But then how would he know exactly where it was? Maybe she told She's him. She's like, I'm going to put it right here, you know, when I drop you off. Don't forget. Like, this Maybe. Bag. Maybe she was like, I'm going to hide this in the backyard under a rock. There's a big rock in my backyard. But didn't they do any type of forensic sweep of her vehicle to find out if anybody was in the back seat? See, and this, it's so interesting. The fact that it doesn't even, the presented evidence of this case doesn't even address as such. So... Is this the dissertation? Okay, the state contends that the following evidence tends to connect Wilson to this crime due to its suspicious nature. One, Wilson, Betty Wilson's gun was found at White's house. Two, the library book was checked out in Wilson's name and given to White at the Guntersville State Park location, which police later found in White's possession. Three, Betty Wilson lied to her roommate at the AA convention about the reason she was called away from the meeting. So they did follow up. Uh, Let's see. By telling her that she had received a telephone call from FB. Not sure what FB or who FB is. Four, Betty Wilson talked to NN several days after Dr. Wilson's death and told her that Lowe, Peggy Lowe, her sister, was having an affair with a carpenter. Oh, that's white. I told you. Five, Earl Cagle testified that Betty Wilson and Peggy Lowe acted in a strange manner when he awakened them at 6.30 on the morning after Dr. Wilson's funeral and told them that, and told them, star 474, that White had been arrested for murdering, oh, maybe that's like a, I don't know what that star 474 is, maybe it's a, I don't know court code or something, that White had been arrested for murdering Dr. Wilson. Six, Betty Wilson was wearing wrinkled casual clothes on May 22nd, the day of the murder, and several members of AA testified that this was unusual. Seven, NN testified that Betty Wilson, who was helping to sponsor NN at the AA meeting, told her that she was too busy to go shopping on the afternoon of May 22nd and that she would meet her at the AA meeting instead. And and testified that this was a critical time in her AA program and she thought it was unusual for Betty Wilson to not meet to not meet her and to instead go shopping. 8. Sheila Irby, a neighbor, saw Betty Wilson going towards her home at 5:10 p.m. on the day of the murder. Okay. So, so are we assuming that around 5.10 p.m. is when she dropped White off? So she's heading towards her estate at 5.10 p.m. on the day of the murder? Yes. So, and if that's, because that would be at least four hours before 9.30 then. Right, but let's say that you said two to three hours. So let's say she gets home at 5.15, drops him off. He beats the guy with a baseball bat, and that's around, let's say... 8.30 instead of 9.30. That would give enough time for Betty to take White back to his truck, go 
back home to the neighbor's house to contact the police. And that would, that would give like an hour for the 930. You mean to contact the police about finding her husband even though she hadn't found him? Yeah. Because. But she went over to that neighbor's house. That's what I'm saying. All there. But supposedly before she did that, she'd taken White to his truck. So let's say that they arrived at her house at 515. And Mr. Wilson arrives home at 830 instead of 930. Okay. Okay. Then uh, Betty comes home, realizes that White didn't do what she said about going through the woods. So she has to drive him back to his truck. Comes home, contacts the police at 930. Second here, I'm following you, but I found something that this is what uh, the cooperative evidence that actually seems to add up, which is again referring back to White's initial story from the interrogation as far as time frame goes. Uh, that on the afternoon of the murder, Betty Wilson was actually seen at the village shop, so that mall or shopping center, at 4:55 p.m. and at 5:25 p.m. In the parking lot of the building where the AA meeting was to start at 5.30 p.m. At the campaign headquarters of the district attorney. And then was seen again at the campaign headquarters of the district attorney between 5.30 and 5.45 p.m. And back at the AA meeting by 6 p.m. Why would she be at the district attorney's headquarters? Maybe she's sleeping with him. But... See, and that's what was interesting because the district attorney was the one that offered the plea bargain to James White. Like, yeah, you get but he didn't do gold. anything to help her. No, I'm wondering why that would be like because he get this guy James White. Committed. But then she's also told to not have a like a location between five and five thirty when clearly she was at the district attorney's office between five and five thirty. So that information was wrong too. All these timestamps are completely wrong. See, because it weakens the evidence of the neighbor's observation stating which, that like, she saw her near her home by 5, 10 p.m. Yeah, it does. Which, again, you can't trust any witnesses because they don't remember things accurately. Right. And the obvious, the only other thing that would be unusual about that is for her, Betty Wilson to be around or driving by her home in that, or in that area um, in such in the late afternoon. So that's like not a normal uh, pattern of hers. So I, again, okay. I think she was set. I think part of it was like a setup in a way for her to definitely, uh, I mean, she was definitely guilty of like something murdering for hire, you know, or getting this into fruition. I think her and Peggy both talked about it. And I think Peggy ran with it, but tried to pin it on her sister. Yes, completely, because she didn't want to be, of course, you know, like, stuck in the, what is it, the slammer. But then what does Peggy get out of it? Clearly not the estate money or the Anything, she gets nothing out of it, so there's really no motive for her to do it, to be involved at all. Unless they assumed that they were going to both get off scot-free and she was going to get the inheritance after he passed. Passed. After he was murdered. Hmm. But then why try to pin it on your sister wholeheartedly, because you're not going to get anything if you do that. So I don't, I mean, I honestly don't know. I mean, it's going to be what it is. I think they both should have been locked up, but it didn't happen that way. Right. And now because Petty Lowe or Petty, Peggy Lowe, that's actually a good name for Petty. Peggy Lowe had, has already been uh, on, on trial. 
for this case and everything, she cannot be tried again. I know. So, I mean, it's done and over with now. That's double jeopardy, man. I <sighs> see. And it goes, it's interesting in these court cases, it goes into nothing about the evidence, like the clothing found. The I, told you, I couldn't find anything in, in evidence, especially when I did Unsolved, because there wasn't a case. That is effed. Yeah. But, but that's what there you was have. one other thing here that I'm interested to now read up on really quick. Peggy Lowe's recent testimony. Because she just released something like a few years ago about this. Uh, Peggy Lowe breaks her silence. Oh, and you'll be happy to know that Betty Wilson did get remarried in her jailhouse. Central Station. So what she said was her jury got it right and Wilson's jury got it wrong. So the question being, let's see, Betty Wilson was tried and convicted before Lowe ever even stepped into the courtroom. What? And her attorneys had the task of proving her innocence in spite her sister's conviction. That's really fucked. So... She was asked, when did you and how did you learn about Jack Wilson's murder? And Lowe says, well, it was early on Saturday morning. The telephone rang and it was Betty. She was hysterical. I thought I understood her to say that Jack was dead. I went to our sister's house who lives here in town and Betty was there and she was sitting out on the porch out on a chair. She was just convulsing. She was shaking from the top of her head to the bottoms of her feet, just shaking. Lowe goes on to say, I remember going out onto the porch and asking somebody what happened. And this woman said that Jack was murdered. And I said, how? And she said, somebody beat him to death. And to think back, and I think back to it, I felt like a cartoon character who can move with no muscle, no bone, no anything. I can remember sliding to the other side of that wall and sliding down to the floor and saying, who would do a thing like that to Jack? That was the beginning of a nightmare, Peggy Lowe says, that she's been living for the past 14 years. Boo-hoo. She says, I met Mr. White at the elementary school where I was teaching. It was before school started in the spring or the summer. Mr. White had done some carpentry work for the teacher who occupied the classroom next door to me. So when the next time came, he came up there. She introduced him to me. The teacher did. And I asked him if he would do the same thing in my room, and he agreed to do so. And that was the beginning of several carpentry jobs in which Lowe had hired James White to do. The connection between James White and Betty and you. You asked her to help him. When did that happen and how did that happen? She was then asked. Mr. White was doing work on our house, Lowe answers. When I asked Betty if she would help him, if she, uh, when I asked Betty if she would help him, if she would let him do some of the work at her house, I remember very distinctly she said, you know I will. According to Lowe, White agreed to do some work on the house of, in Betty Wilson's kitchen. Oh my God, he was fixing the dishwasher. I told you. <laughs> Good job. And that is why you're the lady. She even gave him directions to her sister's house on Boulder Circle, but White never showed up to do the work. Oh, he didn't fix anything then, I guess. Nice. So she says she was shocked that anybody was the murderer and she couldn't connect Mr. White and Jack and she couldn't understand why, if Mr. White had done this, why Jack, why would he kill Jack? I still can't make it real, says Peggy. That said, 
she was asked about if she had ever heard comments being made by Betty that she wanted out of her marriage or that she wanted her husband dead. Peggy replies, no, no, Betty had been divorced once. Jack had been divorced once. They didn't want out of their marriage. Betty and Jack were comfortable in the marriage. Yeah, not happy, she had not said happy, at one point she didn't. Peggy had said that, oh, it has to happen before they leave town because Betty doesn't want to go. Right, exactly. But that's all speculation she, well, from she said James. That, she also said that they weren't happy but comfortable. But is that what James said she told him? That's true. It is what he said she told him. Right. So, and she says, I don't think that they were unhappy. It was just neither one of them wanted out of it. So the worst part, is what has been the worst part of her entire experience, this is crap because she said nothing new. Jack's death has killed life. Jack's death has killed life as we know it. And we're all continually punished for something we didn't even know anything about. This is interesting. Because Mr. White was such a liar and such a a contemptible soul that, and such a contemptible soul that he was willing to risk Betty and me to save himself, which basically, no, I mean, I find it rather interesting that she finds the need to defend herself in that past sentence about punish for something we didn't even know about. Right. You know? And I also feel like it was a bit focused on like, Oh, the shock. Why would they even do this? If I, how could they even come into be? And, you know, and I felt like this frozen person in place and, her description of Betty's reaction, though, kind of makes me think that Betty had no idea. Convulsing from head to toe, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't act that way unless it was a genuine response, where your body is literally shaking well, because you're that, you're, you're that good of an actress or actor, which they do exist. I mean, I don't know. So I mean, because I, they I, look so similar, you said like it, on any eyewitness account could have been Peggy in a vehicle, unless you're like right up to the window. Good point. Well, here, let me show you a picture of them, and you can kind of. Uh, it's really hard to actually find a photo of the two, which is interesting. Together, or yeah, together. But and then I can show you like close up. So that's Peggy Lowe. Okay. And that's Betty Wilson. So here, I'll give you a better facial shot. So it was like, well, you really can't even see much with that, right? Not really, because her face is turned away. I was using this to kind of go by this. See how they, like, have that different... Maybe one had a really bad nose job, is what happened. But they appear to be identi- almost identical, or very similar. They're very close looking, but they definitely have different facial structures. And this one is Peggy Lowe. Okay. Now, to find a good one of Betty White, or Betty White. <laughs> Whoops, wrong Betty. Betty Wilson. I do believe this is Betty, or Peggy Lowe as well, again. Yep, it is. Oh, here. That's Betty Wilson with her husband. That's Dr. Wilson. Mm, they could have been easily mistaken due to, like, the hair they, color and the, the haircut. They, they look similar, you know? They do, but uh, Peggy is heavier. Well, and I mean, but that was also an older photo. Think about Circa, like, whatever that photo was. This might be Betty Wilson, actually. Yay, I got it. So there's Betty Wilson. So it could have very well been mistaken that Peggy was actually... Like if they were doing, like, a, what is it? Uh, what was that movie with, like, the twin swaps or whatever, you know? Like, anyway, one of those, you know, Disney, they like... Stop? No, oh. it was, like, where the two twins, like, swap what they're... Each, parent trap. Yeah. Could have very been a, very well been a parent trap moment. I mean, I'm totally... I think that's a good possibility. But the fact that it seems like there was little to no actual like investigation or investigative like work done on whatever and part evidence they actually did have in their position like aka the car that was stated james was supposed to have been in no information about prints on the knife nothing following up nope i mean just really or the clothing i mean really you know so shoe prints 
anything. Yeah. You know, the and the, the closest that we get to it is that the dog had allergies. The police dog. Yeah, that's all they care about to tell us. Right. Sorry. So Bow wow. And this is I believe that is James White. Ew. And that is Dr. Wilson. Also boo. Respectfully though. <laughs> well, don't worry, Wilson's dead, so you don't need to say worry about that one anymore. That's why I said respectfully. <laughs> so hence the case. Good job. You nailed it though. But yeah, I mean It's always the spell. Oh, they always say like right nine times. They do, time. yeah. So, Alright, so that's our story. Hopefully you guys did well in speculation if you were playing along, or at least found something like that to be rather interesting and yet at the same time disturbing, considering the amount of injustice that was imposed during a moment where we were supposed to be like, you know, upholding justice. Yeah, but, they both should have gotten charged for it, but... Then again, I do have to say that it is innocent until proven guilty, and it is the state's job, or prosecution's job, to provide, like, without with um, without reasonable doubt, you know, the person's guilt. So, or the... the then why guilt. try her at all? Because now you can't catch her and, and retry her unless, unless you think of something else that she's done to lock her you up. You would have to... Right. It would exactly. have to be in the technicality. So they shouldn't have even tried her if they had any doubt. The only... Well... She's still someone that would be, she's involvement of the case. Well, she's a person's of interest, of course. Then, right. But it's irrelevant now because if they were to go back and look at forensic evidence or if, even if she confesses at this point, they can't do anything about it. They can't. Nope. So she could literally just be like, <laughs> I did it. Yep. She totally could. Too bad. I mean, then that would, I would think that would put her under like a magnifying glass for them to pull her in on anything. anything. Yep. You know, speeding ticket, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, that, if they cannot find that evidence... Uh, they cannot prove, you know, enough to make. Well, that they're not gonna. They're not gonna look at it anymore anyway, because case closed. They barely looked at it to begin with. I feel like. Yeah. Well, so. that, that happens. But thanks, guys, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Indeed, I hope you enjoyed it as well, and definitely look forward to next time with whatever case files and strange occurrences. And the end. The end. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.